Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. Hello, friends. I'm so excited to bring you this next interview. We talk about how important it is in life when things aren't going quite as planned to still remember to seize the moment and seize the day. We also discuss the importance of caring for our bodies so that we can continue to do the things that we love. I know you'll enjoy. Here's the interview. It is such a pleasure to have Addie Zariner with us today. She is an elite runner. She is an Olympic trials marathon qualifier. She's a running coach and a personal trainer. She's an awesome person, and I'm really excited to hear more about her journey. So welcome, Addie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, before we jump into it, Addie, will you just give the listeners a little more background on you? Yeah, yeah. So, um... I'm 24. I was born and raised in Santa Barbara, California. Um, I grew up playing all different kinds of sports um, and um, found running in my freshman year of high school. Um, And it has just been my my passion. And I made it to college. I ran for the University of Arizona, where I was lucky enough to find my second passion in life, which has been strength training. Um, and then I found my way back to Santa Barbara. So I've kind of, um, blended all of my passions into different careers and I don't really feel like I ever work a day in my life, but, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. I know. Oh, it's so, it's such a great feeling when we can align our passion with what we get to do as our job. I feel the same way and it's, it really is something special and phenomenal. So, um, I'm glad that you're able to do that in your life and I'm, I'm ready to hear more about your journey now. I know we were talking a little bit before we started taping, but, um, take us back to the beginning and, um, walk us through, um, what you were describing as one of the biggest challenges that you've experienced this far, Addie. Yeah. So, um, one of the greatest challenges I've, I've faced and I know I will continue to face throughout my life because it's, it's an ongoing battle. Uh, when I was 13, I, um, started just engaging in a lot of unhealthy habits around my food and just started compulsively exercising. And this ultimately led to, a tough battle with anorexia nervosa, um, and kind of what was weird about my situation is, um, there's a lot of young girls that start running and, um, they just want to get a little bit faster. So they just start losing weight and mine, and then ultimately may, you know, develop anorexia or another eating disorder. And mine was a bit different. So I was playing soccer at the time. Um, and I was just ultra competitive. I just wanted to be noticed. I was in my brother, older brother's shadow. He was a three-time national champion soccer player and played four years for UCLA. And so I just, I needed control. I needed to be noticed. And so that was kind of like my cry for help. And, um, because I wasn't eating and because I was compulsively exercising, you know, that ultimately led to being hospitalized and I got, you know, all form of movement taken away from me. And so ultimately as I, 
as I battled to get healthier, I was, you know, granted certain exercise privileges. And um, ultimately, I was led to, uh, you know, I had the privilege of returning to the soccer field. I just wasn't the same. I was just constantly getting knocked over. I didn't have any of my muscle mass. And I just felt so frustrated. Um, so, you know, I just decided to uh, go out for track and field that um, spring um, to just kind of stay in shape for soccer. And I remember at like soccer practice, always looking at the distance kids, just thinking like, they look so weird and goofy and just fun. And that's what I want to do. And so um, I you know, joined the distance team. And it was like the first time in my life, I felt like I was out of my brother's shadow. And just like, I think the first time in life, something came natural to me. Um, you know, like school was fine. I, I work hard at it, but I wasn't ever in those like accelerated classes at a younger age. And nothing really came like easy, but running just felt natural to me. And so ultimately, you know, I was still battling this eating disorder and I just wanted to be healthy. I wanted to keep my weight at a healthy weight and engage in healthy eating habits so that I could run. I went through a lot of um, periods of time in high school when I wasn't engaging in those healthy habits, then running would get taken away. And so um, it just ultimately became something to be healthy for and, you know, fast forward to uh, 11 years later, and and now I I still use running as a tool to be healthy for. But you know, I see the I see so many other things in life that I I do want to be healthy for. So, um, you know, I think the biggest one of the biggest battles I faced in my life is just um, the ongoing relationship with a pretty aggressive eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that this is a struggle that so many women can relate to. And I love that you sort of illustrate how you realize that taking care of your health and being healthy is so important in our ability to enjoy our lives and do the things that we love, whether it's running or whatever it is that we that we love doing in our lives to keep our bodies healthy. So um, take us through a little bit um, your journey through that, Addie. Were there people who really helped you along the way? Or do you remember something specific someone said to you that was very powerful that might help someone who's at the beginning of this journey? Um, the person that kind of um, brought everything to light was my best friend's mom. Um, my own mom was like, I mean, my mom is my best friend and she knew I was losing weight. But when you're kind of in the disorder, you know, tricks of how to cover yourself up. So, you know, wearing very baggy clothing and um, just kind of definitely making a point to eat in front of people. And so my my best friend's mom kind of saw all through it. And she, um, you know, told my own mother and um, my mom made an appointment with my pediatrician. I kind of knew something was fishy. Uh, you know, she just said, oh, we didn't get a certain shot or I don't know, made something up. And um, that was ultimately kind of my first intervention at the age of 13. I was in my pediatrician's office and, um, you know, she explained to me that uh, you are trying to engage in, in healthy habits and eating and exercising, but you've taken it 
way too far and you are going to be put in a program. Um, and so I just felt so weird, like, oh my gosh, I have to go to a therapist. I have to go to a nutritionist. And what was a really, really good tool for me at the beginning of my eating disorder was, was group therapy. Um, and seeing that, you know, other people, um, I never had group therapy with, with any men, but just seeing other women and other girls, you know, going through this. Cause I just felt so alone. And I felt like I was the only one with this like destructive voice of telling me all these like just terrible things. And so to kind of be in a group setting, um, and kind of have people facing similar things that was really, really healing. Um, but I think like, yeah, the biggest thing for me was just my pediatrician just explaining to me, like, you've taken this goal of wanting to be healthy way too far. Yeah, yeah. And I really like how you describe the the beauty of connecting with others who are kind of walking the same path in a way. And I think mm-hmm. that's a great message to get out there too. Um, if you um, if you are out there listening today and you're feeling alone in your struggle, whether it's with an eating disorder or something else that's going on in your life, uh, take a moment to try to connect with someone who perhaps has walked in some some similar path because it can make all the difference, right, Addie? Um, to, right, and yeah, and I would just like to add to that. Yeah, my um, when I went to my freshman season um, at the University of Arizona cross country season, I was um, I was on kind of a medical redshirt because um, uh, they didn't clear me to run. I was underweight and dangerous uh for them and I I'd been lying to my own team about like reasons why I wasn't being cleared and then one night we were we were up in Flagstaff and we were just at camp and I just kind of sat everyone down and told everyone and I was so nervous as a little freshman um and that turned into about a three-hour emotional cry fest of each member of the team we're talking you know freshmen to senior women just talking about different battles in their life. And I'm, when I say every single member, like took a turn to, to, you know, talk about a battle, every single member. And these were girls. I looked up to them when I was like 16, 17, and I just thought, Oh, they have these perfect lives. And so there's so much beauty and connection and just opening up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also just like brings us back to that. The quote that says that there are so many people that are fighting battles that we know nothing about. And we also always have to assume that even though things might look good on the outside, that everyone's fighting their own battles and we have to give people grace and, um, and love when, whenever we possibly can. So, um, really powerful journey that you had. So take us forward. What was it like to be at the Olympic trials as a marathoner um you know how how did it feel to arrive at that moment in your life Addie yeah so it was a really kind of um rocky like rockyish road so I ran my first marathon um in June of 2019 and I qualified for the Olympic trials and after that race I just got really really greedy and I just started to um just push the envelope in my training, um, not really listen to my coach, like do what he said, but like do everything faster, longer. And that ultimately led to me, um, getting two stress reactions, um, in my hip. And then I, you know, I, I 
came out of that, I still had enough time to have a really, really good training block for the uh, USA uh, Olympic marathon trials. But um, then I got re-injured because I was trying to come back too fast. And I, I had an ankle injury with several nerve impingements. And so 10 days before the trials, I was so out of shape. And I just was like, I don't even want to do this. And like, I'd been putting so much pressure on the Olympic trials and just wanting to to get it over with and get it done. And finally saying out loud, like, I don't even want to do this to my coach. He was like, I just want you to run one loop of the course, which was the first eight miles. And he was like, Addy, you haven't been running, you know, you've been injured. And like, this is, he would almost just laugh at me because he's like, you're so young in terms of just, you know, life and your marathoning career. And like, he just kept saying, this is your Rose Parade. I want you to go out there and wave and celebrate. And so I've never gone into any running thing like not serious because like I said when running is my passion it's kind of like my craft it's kind of like my baby I I pour my heart and soul into it and so kind of like thinking about like showing up to a race let alone the USA Olympic marathon trials and just like smiling and waving just seemed ridiculous to me but when I got to Atlanta Georgia that weekend um so all the, every single member, we were all in the same hotel and it was just like a big carnival. Like, you know, you look to your left, there's your idol there. You look to the right, you look, you see the girl that you used to battle with in college. And there was just such like a, a lightness and fun in the air. And I just felt so appreciative and just so gracious to be there and just kind of really realized like 24 hours before the race just how greedy I'd been and that you know this is just a rose parade and so going to the race with that mindset um I actually finished the whole thing um you know way way off my PR and and whatever but um it was just such an amazing I just the only word I can give it is just gratitude and especially now um you know all that's transpired um, with COVID, uh, in the months preceding February 29th, I'm just <laughs> so thankful that I did do it. Um, cause I would have just like been beating myself up, you know, had I saved my, myself for other races that I thought were going to happen that we all did, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that you describe it. Like the one word is gratitude. I think that that's so awesome. And, you know, it's just, it goes to show you that sometimes in life, things are, do not go as planned at all. Like not even close. (laughs) But, (laughs) But if we can just reset, flip the switch a little in our brains. And like you said, you know, you, you kind of switched your thinking and you were able to look at it differently. And that made the experience beautiful for you and one that you won't forget. And I, you know, I think that's, That's a skill that everyone can work on during this time um, of COVID and just so many things going on in, in, you know, our world and in our country. Um, And speaking of, um, I know that you're really passionate around some of these issues. And I wondered if you would want to kind of tell us, you know, where you stand with some of the things going on and any strategies that you might put out there for other women. Yeah, totally. So, um, I have found, um, you know, just a great kind of calling in in the recent um, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, being, you know, being 
born into a white body, um, but, you know, having just the privilege of being raised um, by a single mother who just kind of taught my brother and I to always lead with kindness and love. Um, I will be the first to admit I was terribly ignorant to all of the battles and challenges that, you know, some of my best friends who are black um, face on, on a daily basis. And so kind of um, all of March, you know, when kind of the world was on shutdown and um, everything kind of stemming from um, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, I just kind of like all of March and April just became like a vacuum and just, tried to educate myself as, as much as possible, um, go to my local protests and just really tr try and do all that I could to educate myself and just be a, an overall better person. And I, I don't think it's political. Uh, human rights and treating humans right isn't a political thing. It's a human thing. So um, the biggest advice I could give to women would just be educate just kind of maybe, you know, listen, just like so many people, I think so many white people have kind of created their, their own battle um, within the Black Lives Matter movement of wanting to know more and wanting to be louder. And I think one of the biggest tools is knowing when to speak up, but also knowing when to just kind of like, you know, be quiet, really let the voices that are that do need to be expressed, um, let them be expressed and heard. And um, yeah, that's just kind of my advice. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think, um, yeah, so many important pieces that you just touched on. The first, of course, education and educating ourselves and remembering that, you know, we may think that we have things figured out or that we know things, but there is so much always to be learned and especially in this situation. So education is key. Um, and I, I agree um, that, you know, human rights isn't political. It's it's just a, a basic a basic right that we all have. Um, and also, I love that you say that your mom taught you to lead with kindness and love. And I think that if we all do that, um, how can we go wrong? You know, um, exactly. so, uh, such beautiful things. Um, well, as we wrap, move to wrapping up, I have a couple quick little questions at the end for you, Addie. But I wondered if you would share with people how they can follow you if they want to know more about your journey or maybe if they're going through their own personal struggle, especially if it's something similar to your own. If you'd be open to some um, DMs from people um, trying to reach out to you, that would be awesome if you tell them how to do that. Totally. Yeah. So, um, I only have Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but my handle on Instagram is Aza Renner, which is my last, so first initial last name. So it's, um, at A Z E R R E N N E R. Um, and I'm always open to any DMS and, um, and whatnot. And, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for that. So I encourage you all to go out and follow Addie and her continued journey with running because I have a feeling that there are many, many awesome things coming down the road. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, let's wrap up with a couple little quick questions to put some more positivity out there into the world, Addie. So here we go. Great. Um, first question, Addie, name a few things, um, simple things that bring you joy. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, few simple things that bring me joy are 
coffee. <laughs> yep, me too. Um, yep. <laughs> Being um, surrounded by my my wonderful family, really. I'm I'm just so so blessed to have a very um, supportive family. Um, being outside in nature and privileged to move my body when um, I've gotten that taken away, either, you know, my eating issues or um, injury. It's just such a privilege that does bring me joy. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? I try to remember that every day that I'm out running and I try to think, Oh, I'm so grateful for this body that it's allowing me to do this at least one more day, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so true. Okay. Next, next question. So you're going to complete the sentence for me and it's going to go out to all of our listeners out there. Um, so complete this sentence, Addie. Never forget. To try and leave the world a better place than when you entered it. Oh, I love that. I haven't heard that <laughs> one before. Yes. <laughs> Um, never forget to make the world better. Leave it better than w- the way you found it. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, very last one. Complete the sentence. And again, it's going out to all the listeners. Um, you can. Literally do anything that your mind can conjure up. Yes. My, my mom um, raised my brother and I as a single mom. And I think I just thought like what she did in a 24 hour chunk of time was normal um, until I grew up and just realized like how just heroic she was, but she just always like, there were no limits in her mind. And she kind of taught my brother and I the same thing. So literally I was that kid that was made fun of growing up because I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be in the Olympics. Like, yeah, my name's Addie. Like it was a, it was a fact. Yeah. You know? uh, I yeah. love that. That's so awesome. And as you sit here and tell me this, I'm sitting at my desk looking at a note that my mom wrote me. Um, it's framed on my desk. And I'm going to tell you about it really fast because it ties into this. Mm-hmm. It's it, She wrote it on June 9th of 1996. I was graduating from high school. Ooh, I was being born. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little older, but it's all good, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So she writes, she, she put a quote on there, Addie, and it said, no one can predict to what heights you can soar even you will not know until you spread your wings Mm. um and i think that that's so true and it relates to what you just said and what your mom instilled in you and um at the bottom of the note she wrote the time has come to fly my little one believe in yourself Oh, I love that. <laughs> so yeah. um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that. And you know what? Let's just put that out there to all the listeners today. Um, the time has come to fly wherever you're at in your life. Um, no matter how far behind you think you are or if it's just the beginning for you, um, the time has come. The time is now. Um, so open those wings up and fly. Um, but yeah. thank you so much for being here, Addie. I really, really appreciate the time with you and, um, we will continue to follow you and all your amazing running journeys. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure to be here and I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. And listeners, thanks for coming along today. Um, I hope that you'll remember that no one can predict, um, the heights that you can soar to either. Um, so just spread those wings and, and show us what you can do and connected. We can rise. Oh